0: Darkness is not an affirmative force. It simply reoccupies the space vacated by the light. Speaking of perceived darkness, has anybody noticed that on the national level, there is no more talk of the revival that's spreading through the United States? What's the talk? The failed banks. The perceived failed banks can't replace, can't be a substitute and will never, never do for any of us what revival will do. It depends on what your sight is set on. Yeah, we need money to buy groceries and this and that and everything else. But that life, that life that comes from revival, be it a little spark to a great big flame. That's what makes our lives complete. That's what makes our lives whole. That's where our purpose comes from. It's that purpose that we want others to see. Because those of us that are around us that don't know this life that we know, they're beggars just like we were. They're beggars looking for bread like we were beggars looking for bread. And we just need to be one beggar to another telling them where to find bread. They're thirsty just like we were thirsty. Just need to show them where to find water so that they'll never thirst again. There's a particular song that I was thinking about, and it's this one. We sing it every so often. And I just was really taken back a couple of weeks ago by the words that are in the song. Guess what, kids? We're going to have a vocabulary lesson tonight. (laughs) They're all like, oh, can we go to youth? Nope, you're here. But based on this song, we're going to have a vocabulary lesson tonight. Because this is us. Some of this used to be us. And the title of my message tonight, believe it or not, is where did you park your boat? Where did you park your boat? So, verse number one I've been changed, healed, freed, and delivered. The word been means occurred. One word changed. This is what we are. We've become different, been altered or modified. Some of us have been healed. Become sound or healthy again. Some of us are still being healed as we go through each and every day. Because he's faithful. Freed, released from captivity. Confinement or slavery. If any of these things, any of these words. Or any of us tonight, feel free to just raise your hand. And say this is me or this was me. So who's been changed? I have. They shall tell you. My kids will tell you. I'm not mad like I used to be. I used to be mad all the time. I've been healed. I've been freed from anger, from impatience, delivered from the bondage of fear, of frustration. Delivered is to provide something that's been promised or expected. The Bible's full of promises. And when we get saved, we have expectations that those promises are going to come to life. Sometimes we don't know how it's going to happen. Sometimes we just have to look at the the words in the pages of the book and say, God, you said you're going to do it, so you got to do it. Sometimes if we have little or no faith to it. Verse number two, I have found. Found is having been discovered by chance or unexpectedly. How many of us were found by Christ unexpectedly? That was his plan all along. Joy, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. This is one of the few words that the definition doesn't say, or. It's and. You get them both. Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Our strength comes from the pleasure and happiness of our relationship with Christ. It is a pleasure to have that daily relationship with Christ. There's nothing no more pleasing than to be able to wake up and already know Dude, it's going to be a good day. Peace, freedom from disturbance, tranquility, mental calm, or simple serenity. Y'all not raising your hand anymore. Don't be scared. How many of you have found peace when you least expected it? When you, looked, when you looked around and you said, I wasn't expecting that today. Grace. The free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. And... Connecting two identical comparatives to emphasize a progressive change. We're being changed. Whether we want to be or not, even when we resist him, he's still going to work on us. Like in the song Waymaker, even when I don't see it you're working and favor an act of kindness that is beyond what is usual or do nobody owes us nothing but it's a part of the package it's a package deal Verse three, all my. The word my is belonging to or associated with possession or identity. Our identity is in Christ. Religion wants to be, wants your identity to be in your works. You can't have this identity until you've done this. Oh. And this. And when you're done with this, you need to make sure you do that. And then this. But if you get to the bottom of this part and you've messed it up, or you get to start over again. No. The Lord said, pick up where you left off. Let's move forward. Shame. A painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Guilt, the fact of having committed a specified or implied offense or crime. Notice it says fact, not the assumption of, not the determination of a group of people called a jury or a judge see, in my line of work, people are innocent until they're presumed innocent until they're found guilty. The Bible says these are acts of sin. These are things you're not supposed to do if you claim to be a Christ follower. And when we do those things, we should have a certain amount of guilt. It's called conviction. It comes with that knowing, I need to make this right. Sins, an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. An act regarded as a serious or regrettable fault, offense, or omission. There's that word, been again, occurred. Simple one word definition. Forgiven. One word definition. Canceled. Verse 3 is the thing that I have seen the most presumed upon people that have gotten saved and people from their past find out. Like, I have an old boss who was a Christian, and I can remember going to another agency for a case, and that chief said, oh, yeah, a man calls himself a Christian now, but I remember him when he was in the bars, and that's what he identified him, was how he was, like 40 years before that. Religion and condemnation and the enemy wants your identity to be in your faults, in your past. And those things that you know are under the blood. Because that's all he's got to work with. We got the whole book to work with. He knows he's got the last page to look forward to. The last sentence... The last page of the Bible has a period at the end of it. That means it's done. It's a statement of fact. Verse 4. No more. Exists no longer. I call that done.com. Chains. A force or factor that binds or restricts someone. Fear. Fear. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief, not the fact, the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. A feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone. That's a lot of stuff in the definition of fear. That's probably the longest definition in the whole list. It comprises of a lot of things that could be. My, again, belonging to or associated with possession or identity. Past a former time. There's one thing about past that will always be and will never change. And that is it will always be history. His story. Is over. Which means no longer. Notice that. The four words with the shortest definitions are the most difficult for us to identify by. Been, forgiven, passed, over. Are those not the four things that we struggle with The most like a roller coaster. We have success. We feel failure. We have success. We feel failure. Up and down. The whole time. Our whole life. Our whole walk. Is it not? At one point in time. Is it not? Been. Occurred. Forgiven. Canceled. Past. Former time. Over. No longer. The four words with the shortest definitions. Contain the most power that we have in this wall. These are the greatest promises that we have are these four words. With the shortest meanings and the greatest promises. These four words defeat the one word fear that has the longest definition out of all of them. Over, no longer. Fear is no longer. Fear is no longer. These verses, verse 1, verse 2, verse 4, these are accomplished when we put on the new self. When we come to that place where we accept Christ, we accept his calling. And we choose him as our Lord and Savior. These things come about when we put on the new self. That's what accomplishes these things. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 17, this section is called put on the new self. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden within Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. The whole national media right now is revolving around the failures of the banks nobody's talking about revival anymore. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And these you two once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, that used to be me. Wrath, that used to be me. Malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. This is a promise. We are being renewed. It is a process. It is a promise of a continuation of a process. That means... We don't have to come to Christ and take our list of junk and get it all out of the way right away. He doesn't do that to us. He says you are going to be renewed in our knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, Slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones. You are chosen. Young men, young women, you are chosen. Holy and beloved, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving one another. See, he kind of took out the process that we want to put in between there. And if one has a complaint against another, it doesn't say, Take your complaint to that one. And then the two of y'all take your complaint to that one. And then the three of y'all No, He says. And if one has a complaint against another. Forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all put on love. Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him now there's a path that we have to take to accomplish the putting on of this new self there's a lot of stuff in here that we have to commit to but it's easily accomplished through Our understanding and our relationship with Christ. It says we are going to be. We are being made. It's a promise. But we have a requirement that we have to fulfill. Before we can do that. Because to put on a new self. You got to do something with the old one. And you have to make a decision about the old one. A daily decision. And it's only daily. It doesn't have to be for the rest of your life. It just has to be for today. Because we now promise tomorrow. Just for today, we have to make a decision about that old man, that old self. See, there's things that we develop in life. There's things that we acquire in life. There are attitudes and mannerisms and things that make us individuals that are kind of like luggage. We have our Samsonite personality. It comes with us through life. It's our luggage. But if you notice, luggage today is not the same as it used to be. That means you can replace it. You can do away with that old baggage, that old stuff. Like that old chief told me one day, oh, I remember him. I remember him when he was in the bars, but he claims to be a Christian. I'll never forget that statement. Hadn't seen that man for years, years, but his identity is what he remembered of him 40 years before that before he was saved. There's three historical conflicts that I, I really feel like have significant relevance to putting on this new self. There's a particular practice in each of these three events that was accomplished. And for now, I'm going to call that practice this precept as I go through these, I'm going to call it this precept, but it'll be clear in a minute. So 208 years before Christ died, 208 BC, in the ancient battle of Julu, General Xing Yu, that's not speaking in tongues, that's a real person also understood this precept when he said, break the kettles and this precept. He commanded that to the Chinese army to forge ahead without turning back. When his small army traveled across the Yellow River to reinforce Julu, his 50,000 men were poised to go up against 400,000 other soldiers. Knowing his small population of men would need to fight hard, Zhang Yu ordered them to salvage three days worth of food, then destroy all of the cooking utensils and all of their kettles that they had brought with them. And then accomplish this precept. 700 years later in 519, A.D. Alexander the Great also accomplished this precept. When he and his army arrived on the Persian shores, by this precept, the great general committed his army to winning over the Persians who greatly surpassed Alexander's army of men. Considering what Alexander and his men were facing, this precept seemed implausible. It was crazy. For them, surely it was suicide. However, this general was able to reach his goals by using this strategy to get his team to fully commit. In 1519, 800 years later, the Spanish explorer Cortez wanted to capture the treasure of the Aztecs. In South America. In order to meet his goal. He landed 11 ships on the Yucatan shore. With only 500 soldiers. And over 100 sailors. 11 ships. 600 men. To put that in proper perspective. Within the city of Brobridge. There's 8,000 people. And he showed up with 600. 600. Despite the large contingent of soldiers, he was still greatly outnumbered by the large Aztec empire. Some of the men in Cortez's army questioned his leadership, feeling that this nearly impossible mission would surely end in failure. How would you feel if you were one of the 600 and everywhere you looked along the Yucatan was nothing but Aztec warriors? These people lived in the Amazon jungle and survived. The ringleaders plotted to seize some of the ships and escape to nearby Cuba. And when Cortez learned of these plans, he made it impossible for the conspirators to get away, making sure everyone devoted was devoted to one united plan. Cortez gave the command. But this precept, naturally, the men at first resisted this seemingly insane directive as they knew they were not going to be able to return home. It was a once and done. Cortez's response was, well, then if we want to return home, we're going to have to take their ships. His plan was simple with his own ships taken out of the picture, any possibility of failure was totally removed. It was pretty simple. Y'all are going to win. We're going to win. We're going to die together. Doesn't get much more simple than that. They would have to have 100% dedication to the cause so they could succeed and take their enemy's ships to return home. And they did exactly that. In each of these three conflicts, the precept, as you've probably figured it out, is they burned their own ships. The definition of burned is destroyed, damaged, or injured by heat or fire, produced flames, and heat while consuming a material, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you burn something, can you ever use it again? No, you can't. All this wood, it burns, you got to replace it. You can't do anything else with it. These leaders knew that in order to have a successful outcome for their missions, they had to provide a a platform of unconditional success by removing their ability to return to their old lives as unsuccessful quitters defeated unchanged men who decided to embrace a new land in order to lead A new life. See verse 1, 3 and 4. Are tough because we have to go through a process. The Bible calls it refined by fire. And a cauldron. When it's burnt. To refine precious metal. All you see. Is the pot. Fire that's underneath it, and what's called the slag, the waste that comes off the top. But the reason why the slag is at the top is because the purest of the purest of the metal is in the bottom of the pot, which is closest to the fire. And it's that process that allows us to actually accomplish being able to live this new life Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 to 32 is called the new life now this i say and testify in the lord that you must no longer walk as gentiles do in the futility of their minds there's that word again the futility of their minds They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. There's that word darkness again. Darkness only exists where the light has been vacated. They have become callous. And have given themselves up to sensual sensuality greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self. Which belongs to your former manner of life. And is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed. In the spirit of your minds. This is another and. Putting off your old self. And being renewed in the spirit. And to put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God. In true righteousness and holiness. Therefore having put away. Falsehood. Let each of you speak to the truth. With his neighbor. For we are members of one of another be angry and do not sin that was not me when I was angry there was sin this was not that was definitely not the case do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor Doing honest work with his own hands. So that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. But only such as is good for building up. As fits the occasion. That it may give grace to those who hear. Not that it may only give grace to those you are speaking to. Somebody's listening. We talked about this at the youth rally a couple of weeks ago. Somebody's listening. Somebody else is hearing. You at Walmart. Everybody else is in their pajamas, but they still listening. Somebody else is listening. Somebody else is watching. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, there's that word again, and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So the question tonight is actually pretty simple. Are you, are we, am I, are we willing to do what's necessary to be able to put on the new life that has chosen us that we choose to embrace And that chooses us daily. John chapter 6 verse 44. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up in the last day. You're chosen. Ephesians 2 chapter 12 to 13. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. When we chose. To be obedient to the calling. Immediately. We are being brought near. And in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Behold I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice. And. Opens the door. I will come into him. And eat with him. And he with me. He is choosing us daily. When he knocks on our heart and says, hey. Let's fellowship again. So my question is, once again. Where is your ship? Is it still floating? Do we go back to it from time to time? Or did we burn it, but occasionally we go find a piece of driftwood and try to get back to that part, only to find ourselves crashed into waves, thrown back on the shore. At one time or another, we have all found ourselves in this place, that place of wanting to go back. So let's ask the Lord to give us peace and assurance in the short meanings that give us the greatest meanings. Been forgiven. The past is over. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity that we can daily lean against you and lean upon you and be close to you to simply feel your heartbeat as you renew us, as you bring us to a new place in you on a daily basis. Father, I pray that for each and every person in here and each and every person that's watching, Lord God, that we would not be spared the hard days, that we would not be spared the difficult times, that we would not be spared the perceived darkness. But in those times... And on those days. And when it seems like it's the darkest. That you would give us the strength. To simply be in you. And not go back. That you would give us the desire, Father God, to simply trust in you. And not in ourselves. That we would have the audacity to look at you and say, you brought me this far, you got to bring me further. To take you at your word and watch you prove yourself to us in a new way today and when we wake up tomorrow, get ready to watch you prove yourself again tomorrow. Give us the ability, Father God, every day to be able to surrender our desires to the voice of your spirit, to the leading of your spirit, to that thing that you would have us do, the words that you would have us say, to go the places we don't want to go. Because you got somebody waiting there for us. Because they're waiting for you. Let us be that light, Father God, that drives away the darkness in our homes, in our families, in the lives of our children, in the lives of our neighbors. In the lives of the strangers that we encounter every day. So that your will would be done in their lives as your will is being done in our lives. Just bring us to a place of obedience. Obedience in you. And listen to your Holy Spirit and what you have for us every day. In Jesus' name. Is there anybody that needs prayer? Because when you look in the mirror, verse three is you. Or do you know someone that you've been witnessing to that you've been. Just trying to be there for. That for them, they just can't get past. That identity that religion says you got to take that with you. I know people like that. I know people that think it's a package deal, that they have to carry that shame and that guilt and everything with them. And these people are saved. Let's look for those people. If you don't have somebody in your life that fits that, go find them. Because they're there and they fight every day. They look in the mirror, they see that shame and that guilt, and they think that's them. They think that's their identity. They think that's something they're never going to get away from. If you don't know somebody like that, find them. They're there. I know it was short, I hope it touched somebody.